G'day folks, welcome to episode 9 of Spin From Both Ends. For those of you listening for the first time, this is me, Hammy Goodman, taking my trip all the way around Australia in Van Morrison, my van which has been provided by the fantastic sponsors at Eurobadella Toyota. The Aussies are falling up, we're approaching the last test, as has been the case for my whole career. I'll be tying up one end and just rotating a few part-timers through from the other. They're always supposed to be spinners, but as we discovered in Melbourne, you can't just have a bowling attack just full of spin. You've got to you know, get back to the same as the line and the length put the pressure on. Tonight I've got to pick, you know, everybody has warned me against this. This is a big gamble. This is a bit like picking Xavier Doherty for the first test <laughs> in uh, the 2010 Nation Series. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Kanish Obroy. Kanish, thank you for joining uh, please us. Please hold the applause, guys. Hold the applause. <laughs> Thanks. Good to be here, Ham. Mate, thank you for taking the time to be with us. Just, if you could, I know it's hard when you can't see the great man in the mm. flesh, but just paint a bit of a picture about the enigma that is Kanish Obroy for all the listeners at home. Well... You know, I'd describe myself as uh, a stature of a man that should be idolised by men and uh, should be chased by women, to be honest. Uh, I'm tall, dark and handsome, biceps to die for, and uh, a killer manicured beard. So, okay. ladies out there, if you, if you can, get a <laughs> chat. Good bit of self What about for some of our, say, French listeners that we might have on the uh, show? A we? Jamaple Obes, Ja Abit, uh Second change, et, <laughs> spot eight, jador, uh, spin friendly wickets, et curry, detest, DRS, due to the uh, Indian heritage. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so. That's beautiful, Kane. Yeah. So, ladies, if you're interested, just drop us a line at Spin From Both on Twitter. And, oh, um, I want to do that, hey, that, uh, that little inbox of yours could be filled. Yeah, filled well, you know. Also. Time will tell, Abes. Look, obviously, I've got you on. We've been down in the ladies' demographic. You've been telling me for years how, how much of a demon you are with the ladies, Abes. So here's hoping we can get a few more listeners on board with this one, Abes. Oh, well, yeah, sure will. We're going to keep this podcast short and sharp, a bit like your bowling, Abes, because yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got another one coming in a few days, obviously, with a quick turnaround for the tests. 2014, we've wasted no time getting the first podcast up, Abes. Mm. Any New Year's resolutions? New Year, new me, any of that sort of stuff happening, Abes? Or bowl a few less front foot no balls and a few less wides? Or Yeah, look, uh, I just really want to lose, you know, that extra two kilos, you know, on the waistline, <laughs> you know, get that sort of high school figure that I had going, you know, the yeah. one that the ladies sort of love. That, that's sort of my resolution, to be honest. Good heavens. Yeah, all right, well, good luck. <laughs> look, Abes, we've just got to keep the sponsors happy first, oh, um, yes, as always. So just a big thank you to, obviously, TNF cricket. Yeah, thank you, TNF. Yeah, they've been a massive, massive for you, Oves particularly as well. Oh, they changed my life. Yeah, from the uh, first time I saw one of their bats, uh, I finally realised how awful the HME bats I got from them. Central Delhi were. So yeah, well, look, we're not into uh, you know poo pooing other brands, but they are a fantastic maker cricket bat. TNF. So make yeah, sure so you... yeah, get along. As well, so. Bidella, Toyota as well, obviously, owes a massive role for, for yourself uh, throughout your career at Canberra Grammar and, exactly, and beyond. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, being a massive part of my uh, learning at school, so thank you, Bidella. So, a massive shout out to them as well. What are your thoughts so far, Obes? Obviously, you've been a bit of a fan of the podcast uh, along the journey of Spin from both ends. What have your thoughts been so far on the podcast? You know, what have you enjoyed most? What's maybe an area to improve? And what's something that you're going to bring to the podcast we haven't seen before? Oh, something I enjoyed. Uh, the length, I really enjoyed that purely because of the uh, lack of, you know, substantial quality chat. Yep. Uh, so the length was a, a major positive here. I'll give you a thumbs up for that. <laughs> the negatives, should I go through the negatives? Uh, I wouldn't still call them negatives. Yeah. I'll just call them things to improve. I mean, uh, how long will we have here? Uh, <laughs> uh, the, I wouldn't say there are too many negatives. Yeah, 
Well, besides the chat, but... Oh, good heavens. Well, thank God you're here then. <laughs> and what's one thing that you're going to bring to the podcast that listeners may not have experienced yet? Uh, look, I'll, I'll probably bring my subcontinental flair to the podcast. Uh, Variety is the spice of life, yeah, I hope so. Uh, for all you sort of YouTube cricket fiends out there, I'm sure you'll understand. Guilty as charged, though. Yeah, I'm sure you'll understand, you know, the continental flavour, which is accusing everyone of being racist, <laughs> uh, you know, enacting a direct run out or... Take a spectacular catch, so, yeah, so I'll, um, that's probably what I'll bring to the podcast. Oh, that's excellent. That's fair. I'm looking forward to plenty more where that came from. Now, look, you made the trip down. You joined us in Melbourne. Obviously, you're not a massive fan. You've made no you know, no bones about this, but you're not a massive fan of the, the hipster way of life. I just want to know, yeah. how did you find Melbourne as a city? Yeah, Melbourne baffles me. All the sort of hip-hop happening places in Melbourne... <laughs> Seem to look like absolutely construction sites. Uh, I don't, I don't know if uh, people know the first rooftop bar we went to. I'm, I'm not too sure of the name. I, I didn't really want to know the name because I don't want to go there again. <laughs> but uh, look, I, I think Melbourne could just take a leaf out of Canberra's book. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> decor is all about having a roof, a couple of walls. I don't want to see exposed pipes, you know, painted in a peculiar colour, and some normal beers like you know the old. Kingfisher. Oh, Kingfisher. Oh, Kingfisher. Besides, it wasn't too bad, the old Melbourne. Now, the MCG's a venue. Give us a bit of an assessment of it, Canish. Yeah, it's obviously a beautiful ground, quite oh, picturesque it's, ground. It's no Monica Oval, but... I oh, it's no Monica Oval, or, you know, Flinders Way uh, Oval, you know. Some of the memories there. there. Uh, Some of yeah. the performances there as well, I can tell you. Yeah, not, not a huge fan of... The Melbourne Ground, I'm sort of a traditionalist. I like, you know, a bit of... Your chittagongs. Yeah, uh, the chittagongs. You know, yeah. if there's not, you know, a stray dog running on the field, <laughs> I am not cleansed at all. You know, I pay, I pay my rupees to go see the side <laughs> dog. So, uh, no, I, I thought it was uh, quite good, but uh, there's a few issues, uh, particularly with rubbish uh, sort of side to it. Yeah. What about the food? Now, I noticed you, you made an interesting choice on day two of yeah. your food. Which, uh, I, I got pretty sick and tired of having the traditional hot dog, so <laughs> I decided to, you know, get in touch with my roots and have a... Uh, butter chicken. Uh, how, did it, how did it compare to the standard you used to? Look, yeah, it was pretty good. I mean, for, for a sporting butter chicken, you know, a sporting event butter chicken, I thought it was quite mm. hard. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't get more Indian, you know, watching the cricket with a bit of butter chicken in hand and an arm bread in the other hand. So, yeah, <laughs> it was a brilliant day. Fantastic. Now, obviously, plenty of wind on day three, plenty of things blowing yeah. around the field. What do you think of the way the security guards handled that? Could they have used their time uh, a little bit more yeah, effectively? No, I think they did well. You know, the real, the real issue, the thing that was really holding up the game was the Mexican wave, for one, <laughs> the formation of beer snakes and the beach balls. I mean, they, they were the things that were holding up the game. Not the plastic bags flinging around <laughs> Peterson's head while shutting up face in you know, Mitchell Johnson. You know, that, that wasn't holding up the game. They were only doing their job, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... You know, you've got to sort out the beer snakes before you sort out the actual, you know, rubbish interfering yeah. in the cricket. Oh, no, right? absolutely. Exactly, yeah. Uh, good to see them just following protocol, though, which is yeah. fantastic. The decision of the other people in our crew, though they're on day three, they're yeah. heading home in the evening. Thoughts on that? Just a bit of an assessment of their decision, because they're obviously pretty sick and tired of the mm. cricket. So, obviously, yeah. you don't go to the cricket. You go and watch it at the pub. What, what yeah, did you yeah. think of that well, decision? I mean, it's pretty, you know, the cricket can be boring, I understand. Yeah. I, I can see, you know how the excitement level would have been risen significantly by going to a pub and mm. watching it on a TV. Mm. Absolutely. You know? You're pretty sort of involved when you're watching it on the TV, as compared to the ground. Where you mm. don't get a sense of the atmosphere. And I mean, if you're going to you're you're pay for a flight away down there, why why would you go and watch it well, at one of the great venues? Yeah. Why wouldn't you just go to a pub at the train yeah, station? Yeah. Is that even a great venue? <laughs> <laughs> Overall, we had a good time in Melbourne. You know, the Aussies falling up. Uh, always good to see. I just want to know, you know, it's been a great series, not only for Australia, but, you know, for world cricket, Australia, you know, becoming a bit more of a force again. I want to know the one player 
through the series that you haven't been able to take your eye off? Lee Furlong. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, you mean a cricketer? Yeah. Oh, I think that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Look, I'm a fast bowling fan, mm. and I like a bit of wine and wink. Yeah. As you were aware of. Yeah. And as many of the batsmen I've tortured over the years, I'm well aware. Pete Siddle, London. Yeah. Love his performance. Well, uh, look, I'm going to stop you there straight away. Right because the one play you should have been watching for the whole series is Buck Rogers. <laughs> and uh, look, I, I took the time earlier this week, I was on the way back up from Melbourne. I actually caught up with uh, Buck's father, John. Oh, yeah. Just to unwrap a little bit of the enigma the that is. Yeah. That's it. Just to unwrap a little bit of the enigma that is Christopher Buck Rogers. I'll have a little listen to that interview now. Lucky enough now to be joined on spin from both ends by John Rogers, the father of Test opener Chris Rogers, out at his cricket ground, the Village Green. John, thank you very much for taking a little bit of time to have a chat with us. I'd just like to ask you a few questions about the phenomenal efforts of your son, Chris Buck Rogers, who's a bit of a cult hero, not only in the, in the amongst the team but also on the show. We'd like to know maybe what you'd put his recent fantastic knock the other day, his recent turn in form. What would you put that down to? Is it good parenting? What do you put it down to? <laughs> Ah, well, he's been doing it now for um, well, nigh on 20 years, I suppose, uh, since uh, he, he was always um, good at cricket, I, I, I suppose, and, and uh, we did a lot of work. Well, I did a lot of work with him in, in the early years, tried to coach him in, in the ways that I knew from my old St George and New, uh, New South Wales days and from my time in, in WA2, which was, which was very useful. And... Uh, and we started to build a bit of a technique, but eventually he's, but he's developed him himself over years of, of, of playing in England and where, you know, so many teams you join. And one of the hardest things, of course, in joining a team is that you've then got to perform. And he's managed to do that with a couple of different states here and four different counties in England. And you do it by being in the middle, by being consistent and, and, and valuing your wicket and... Uh, and so on. So with it goes, of course, the kind of mental application that you've got to do as well as sheer ability. And sometimes, you know, Chris has looked as if he hasn't got much much ability <laughs> because he, he, he tends to try to make sure that he doesn't lose his wicket. And there's been a lot of times that I've wanted him to play a bit more assertively, but he, he sees his role as protecting the middle order and as trying to make sure that Michael Clark doesn't have to come in and face, you know, Stuart Broad at his fastest. And in doing in doing so, he's been successful. I mean, I, I like the stat that every time that Michael Clark's got a hundred in recent years, Chris has been to the wicket for some considerable time beforehand and given him a, given him a foundation. And then on Boxing Day, he had the opportunity to go himself. He knew the wicket. He knew that it was flattening out a bit, and uh, he sensed that this was his day, and away he went. You know, which, from a parent's point of view, was just unbelievable. Did he played some good shots there the other day as well? Do you think he's got some eyes on some coloured clothes maybe a bit later in the summer? <laughs> Oh, I don't think so. I think he's. I think he's quite happy to, if he can, to con continue to play Test cricket and not worry too much about the coloured clothing stuff. Well, he certainly has played very well, and he's got a, obviously a nickname there, Buck Rogers. Uh, obviously, after the, the spaceman there from the the TV show in the seventies and eighties. Did he have any other nicknames growing up that you can sort of share with us? Uh, no, not particularly. In fact, he's he's had that nickname, I think, since. I'm not sure since his school days, but I think from his early cricket days he, he had Buck. But uh, I'm afraid I can't... Ch I'd like to, but I can't help you on that, <laughs> yeah. that one, Ryan. I'm just going to quickly ask you as well, Jacques Callas, obviously one of the great test all-rounders, has just pulled up stumps on his career. So I've done a bit of research, and obviously it's fantastic to hear from spin from both ends' point of view that Chris is a leg spinner when he does 
need to bowl. I think it's going to be a massive shame that he perhaps won't be remembered as an all-rounder when he finishes his career because he never gets a bowl. What's the go there, John? Is he just giving it completely by the wayside or is Michael Clark not giving him a go? What's, what's going on there? I like to be a bit funny about this, but the thing was he was a leg spinner and I tried for years to make him into a kind of a Shane Warne. And he could do it. He could do it very well. But he got a huge mauling in an under-17 competition and then by various other people. And he suddenly said, it's just ruining my batting and I'm going to give it away. And he really hasn't bowled at all since. And if he does, in fact, it's actually he bowls at medium paces. But really, I mean, to be serious for a moment, if you think you're going to be an up-and-coming batsman, the best thing you can do is give up bowling. Now, I know that sounds terrible, but what does happen is you, you can also bowl. What you find you'll happen is they'll bat you at number seven and you'll bowl and someone else will, will bat up the order and your batting just won't progress. If you want to be a batsman, you've got to bat in the top four. And uh, in retrospect, one of the best decisions Chris ever did was to give up bowling and be treated purely as a batsman. Well, I've certainly copped a few maulings in recent years, so perhaps that's some advice I might need to heed, John. Uh, just finally... What, what do you th- you're a bowler. <laughs> Bowling all-rounder. Um, <laughs> what, what do you th- what's your prediction for the rest of the series, uh, both from Chris's perspective, do you think he can kick on with some more form, and from the team's perspective, can they go on and get a 5-0 whitewash? I'm not obsessed with the 5-0 white, whitewash, as some people are. Uh, I, 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 th- I think he might. Um, the, he's, he likes batting at, at the SCG. His record there is pretty good. But the wicket didn't look too good in the uh, 2020 games they've been playing there. So, so uh, you never quite know. I mean, the wicket plays a very important part in it. So, you know, who, who knows? The Poms looked as if they would do much better this test and then fell away. Maybe this next one when they, uh, uh, you know, I presume there, there'll be a few changes. They might just find the secret and we might sort of, you know, um, be thinking about South Africa perhaps and not play so well. But... I mean, it's not this one so much, but I'm very interested how they go in South Africa because South Africa have been such a good team now for a while. And if they can play well against there and win that series, I think that would be a fantastic thing for them. Fantastic. Well, just so we can get away from this paparazzi storm, uh, John, I think we we might leave it there. But thank you very much for your time and uh, have a safe new year. And uh, hopefully we'll run into each other maybe up in Sydney at the next test as well. That'd be very nice. And your father. (laughs) (laughs) Good old Gazza. Some hard-hitting musings there from uh, John Rogers. Look, I'm not sure if he actually said it on the aerobes, um, but a massive disappointment from a spin from both ends' point of view. He did tell me that Buck actually does not bowl leg spin anymore. Oh, no. He's now a medium pacer. So let's just say very timely... He's on the dark side. Very timely ton for Buck Rogers uh, after possibly breaking the hearts of a lot of spin from both ends. listeners. The fact that he managed to pull out a fantastic match-winning knock the other day was a very timely inning. So, Buck, if you're listening, I know that you are. Uh, hats off on a, on a brilliant innings there. Yeah, well done. Now, apart from some of the, the people we've caught up with over the course of spin from both ends, there's been some great interviews. We've had Bumble, we've had Jim Maxwell, oh, yeah. we've had Ian Smith, we've had yourself. Yeah. Massive names. But one of the things that everybody looks forward to is Greg Mailbag. It's a great segment. And it's coming up in just a moment. Before we get there, I just want to introduce a quick new little plug and a little uh, little accolade I'd like to, to christen today. Go on. It's... A T20 fielder moment, which is uh, the hats off moment uh, that I'd like to T20. award. T20, this is sound too good. Award for the first time. My hats off T20 fielder moment is going to go to Channel 9, uh, <laughs> okay, because they've had plenty of promotion for the block in the ad breaks of the cricket. And uh, oh, one nice. friend of the podcast, uh, 4020 Kelly, Sean Kelly, did tweet into us the other day saying that they've actually managed to infiltrate 
the state of play as well and continue their subliminal advertising. So they've teamed up with Michael Carberry, who in the second innings gave us a prolonged 72-ball display and a, and a big promotion for the block. Uh, so well done to Michael Carberry. You're our winner of our first hats-off T20 moment. You and Channel 9, congratulations. And all the other broadcasters, there's something to aim for for the rest of the series. Exactly, yeah. Maybe, um, I don't know, uh, ABC could possibly promote four corners. Mm. Uh, I don't know, maybe Warner, you know, hit him to four corners. <laughs> yeah. Just a thought, just a thought. No, just, yeah, just spitballing. Well, maybe, uh, actually, this is actually some good chats. Uh, <laughs> Fast and you see. I reckon that uh, England are sort of promoting uh, the brilliant ABC television show, Foreign Correspondent. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I told you it'd be brilliant. Oh, good heavens. I told you it'd be brilliant, Emmy. Yeah, no, I'll pay yeah, no, that could be that could be another good one. We're just going to get into Greg Mailbag. So, oh, go on. Okay, yeah. it's a great. I just got to rustle around in the mailbag here. Righto. I've pulled. I'm just going to pull one straight out of the bag, and it's from Virut Oberoi. Now, oh, any relation there at all, guys? Or? Uh, well, depending on the question, mate. Uh, okay, I'll take it away. G'day, boys. Big fan of the show. Thank you, Virut. Good to hear from you. Um, Cheers, dude. Disgusting performance by the typical cheating Aussies at the MCG. Reece- okay, I'm just going to stop you there. No relation, mate. No, <laughs> Keep going. Okay. Recently, in the subcontinent, and indeed all over the world, many bowlers have been banned for suspect actions. In the second innings in Melbourne, Mitchell Johnson delivered a ball to Kevin Peterson that I have no doubt exceeded the allowed 15 degrees. Why hasn't he been cited by the ICC? An interesting question, Bert, and to that I shall answer yours, Bradley. Well, I'm just letting that one through to the keeper for those of you playing at home. Uh, look, uh, for those who didn't see the incident, um, obviously Kevin kept pulling away from oh, the sight yeah, screen. Yeah. And Mitch took exception to this when he was in his bowling stride and just threw the ball down in his general direction. What did you make of all those hold-ups in play by KP? Well, look, I thought it was good tactics by KP. I thought ruffled feathers of the Aussies, mm. you know, sort of get in their faces a yeah. little, have a chat, sort of mm. give it back to them, like yeah. giving it to them. I thought it was a good form by Mitchell as well. Not taking a backward step. He's probably going to lose a few quid from his uh, yep. paycheck, but... You know? Which will be tough for him because he's yeah, always short a few quid. Exactly. <laughs> I've, I've heard a little bit of you know the rumour he was being in meltdown, obviously, after this. I've, I've heard that Kevin Peterson, obviously, maybe a little bit out of favour with the English dressing room and the English uh, hierarchy. He was just looking to prolong his time in the team just by uh, <laughs> extending his stay a few times, pulling him out at the last moment, you know, thinking well, outside I don't the box. I understand that. I mean, all these boys play at Lords where, you know, the side screens aren't very generous at all, stuck up there with the Ponzi uh, MCC members. Hmm. So I don't understand how they can perform well and see the ball quite clearly then. But when there's, you know, about a... A beer snake or a beach ball, yeah, about you know, four bays across. Yeah, you know, when someone's scratching their left nostril in, you know, <laughs> row Q... You know, well, the cricket is no yeah. place to be scratching your left yeah, nostril over. Yeah. Like. Oh, well, not between overs. Oh, not between overs. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, look, I, I never understood it. Um, I, I guess we've both played a bit of cricket. Probably not facing that sort of uh, pace, but yeah. I've never been that distracted when it comes to someone behind me you know, picking up their glasses or something like that. So I don't know what's wrong with these boys. Just get on with it. <laughs> We've got one more uh, entry into you, Greg's mailbag. Uh, it's from an from an anonymous correspondent, and I might just actually get you to read this one out if that's okay. okay. Then. G'day, boys. Love the show. Jeez. Good to hear. Thank Standard. You. You're only human. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever you are. Or maybe you're not. Anonymous. <laughs> Notice on television, there was a large amount of rubbish on the field of play on day three and four of the last test match. Having been at the ground, can you please clarify how so much garbage made its way on the field? Great question. It is. Uh, now, to be honest, I didn't think Monty Panos are that badly. <laughs> 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 
Uh, but you know, honestly, uh, there was a bit of garbage uh, there. Look, yeah, I don't know. Um, cricket fans of this this day and age sort of bamboozling. Um, it's not that hard to put your rubbish, you know, in a in a plastic bag or a bin. Instead of you know worrying about starting a Mexican wave, just spend a good two minutes around you picking up a few, I don't know, pieces of paper. And now you had a suggestion at the ground that the umpires may have just stopped playing, and asked all the players to do something. Do you want to do yeah, look, I go back to my school days. Um, when the playground's nice and dirty, uh, you usually get a scolding. But yeah, I just thought, you know, stop play for five minutes, get all the players to pick up five pieces of rubbish. Uh, the first one back there gets the bowl next. <laughs> so, uh, go. And yeah, yeah. I, I, thought, uh, I thought that would have fixed, rectified the situation. With the powers that be at the ISC listening, I hope you're taking notes because I think that's yeah, an right. outstanding suggestion, Kane. Well done. Exactly. Oh, who needs to you know, solve issues like corruption when you've got you know, such a glaring big issue right in front of me so these are the big issues that's what exactly, we're here to talk yeah, about yeah. now Obes, you're making your way up to Sydney for the final test I am yeah. which will be fantastic um, you know what's going what's to happen up in Sydney do you think I think uh, Patterson will be dropped unfortunately I think for Borthwick the young league yeah, spinner the young league spinner I think um, and again we said it last podcast but Borthwick obviously I'm a, I've, I've got a lot of league spinner in Australia over the years if you'd like to sit down and have five or ten minutes with me just go <laughs> through a few of the basics I'm making myself a Give us a tweet. Be stupid not to get a touch. Be mad not to. I think uh, I think he'll come in. I think the tail end of England need to have a good look at, look at themselves as well. I think... Uh, we just have a look at the way the Canberra Grammar Tart played in 2009-2010. Exactly. What about the Aussies? Any changes there? I think that we have the same team. Oh, I don't see any changes. I think... Bailey, bit of speculation. I don't think they'll change at all. I think they want to keep the same squad for the entirety of the... So uh, it'll be much better better to go through the whole tour, you know, final up, same team, you know, camaraderie is up, you know, going to South, you know, that's going to be a much tougher series. Correct. So, well, I've heard they're giving Shane Watson all the way up to the toss just to make sure he doesn't break an nail or anything in the lead up to the game. <laughs> so he should be fine to go. Looking forward to the trip to Sydney as well. Obviously, if you set yourself aside a cost of living allowance, is Andrew Demetrio giving you a call and sending a cash your way? <laughs> Yeah, looking forward to Sydney. Yep. It'll be a good test match. Yeah, we get the rig out again for all the lucky ladies who oh, might be Of course, I mean, uh, how else do you sort of spend time at the cricket? <laughs> so. uh, yeah, what, well, what wearing your cricket whites and your pressed blazer and your baggy first leg <laughs> capo, which you should be doing on day one. <laughs> well, look, we better let you go now so you can go and press your blazer and do whatever else you've got to do. What, wash your white. Actually, people people been talking up a whitewash. Actually, just have one at home, just so they're ready to go for day one at Brisbane. So uh, it's already happened, as far as I'm concerned. The white one. All right, thank you for joining us. What a good night to finish off. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on board. If anyone else wants to get on board on, on the rest of the Spin From Both Ends adventure, you can do so on Twitter, at Spin From Both, Instagram, Spin From Both Ends, Facebook forward slash Spin From Both Ends, or the website, spinfrombothends.com. The diaries are just about up to date, so go and check those out. Obes, thanks for your time. Thank you, Harry. Good to be here. Uh, and in Sydney? Yeah, well, we'll see you in Sydney. We'll listen up those vocal cords, a bit of karaoke, I think, maybe. Oh, I, oh, I hope so, yeah. Yeah, tomorrow night. For everyone tomorrow else's night. sake, I hope so as well. <laughs> what will we be doing? Beep again by the Pussycat Dolls? I think Beep will get a run. Fantastic. Well, so there we go. Um, we'll the... Jai Ho, maybe as well. Maybe Jai Ho, you know, for all those Indian fans out there. Yeah, and there, there should be a few of them after tonight. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> the old boys at number 45. It's got a good ring to it. Uh, <laughs> thanks for letting us sit here and have a spin up, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs> Some quality chat. <laughs>